I'd like to speak a message to you this morning entitled, Defender, My God Shall Defend Me. Amen. And I want to read this to you that I wrote in my writings. And I just want you to listen to this before I speak. We have a defender who protects us daily. He is with us and never forsakes us. He keeps us surrounded by his love and orders our steps. The blessings are personalized to each one of us and contains joy unspeakable. The depths of his love for us cannot be measured by earthly value nor by accomplishments that we may own throughout our life. He binds the brokenhearted and renews to the fainthearted with refreshing strength. His words in our hearts are there that we may not sin against him. He promises, undergird our steps, and the doorway of hope opens wide as we pray. When we get weary, he invites us to bring our burdens and weariness to him that we may find rest. His overshadowing wings of protection never leave us even when we seem to make the wrong decision. When the enemy attacks viciously, he raises a standard like a rushing river moved by his powerful breath. The enemy falls to the left and to the right by the thousands, and he blesses us as we come in and go out. The security we have in our daily lives continue to grow stronger each day as we walk with him. He guards our hearts and calls us his own. We become more than conquerors through him who loves us so richly and with a commitment that cost him suffering and pain that we could never have endured. This is our king who forever intercedes for us and defeats the enemy before us. He gave us faith, grace, and mercy along with the Holy Spirit. He has gifted us with a treasure which we carry in our hearts. This one, Jesus Christ, is our warrior king, and he is our defender forever and ever. Amen. 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 Father, I ask you to anoint me today as I speak this message. Use the words that you have put in my spirit to change hearts and to show how much you are our defender every day of our lives, every night. Every moment, you are there to defend your children and to protect them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. You know, if you think about life, we often need someone that will defend us. Whether or not you're in church or outside of church, if you go back in the history of your life, and maybe you were not a Christian your whole life. Maybe you were born and started doing some stuff that was pretty radical, but you needed a defender. Sometimes we looked at our father as our defender, but sometimes our father wasn't there. Sometimes we had friends that would defend us if we were smaller than someone else, but they weren't always there. Sometimes we would run and hide to find a place to where we could not be found because that was our defense. But with God, none of that fits. 
We can be right out in public. We can have a father that's always there. We can have a friend in God who is always there. He never forsakes us nor leaves us, always keeps us and restores us even in times get rough. My God shall defend me. Would you say that? My God shall defend me. And he will. No matter what goes on in your life, he will defend you. I want you to see this list here before I preach. That the Lord is our defender against the schemes of the enemy. And believe me, the devil has schemes to destroy your life. He doesn't like you. Matter of fact, I'm going to take a word here and say it how it is. He hates you. Especially if you've committed yourself to God. He doesn't like you. He hates you. You're on the other team. You know, when two teams come together, football or baseball or any other team sport, tennis, whatever it may be, both sides, when they get in there, you know, they don't like each other on the court. They may be friends off the court. But when they're on the court or on the field, they're competing, and one is trying to defeat the other. One has a plan and hopes that that plan is better than the plan the other team had. And let me say this to you, that the enemy has built schemes against us to discourage us, to cause us to withdraw, to cause us to maybe give up on faith, Give up in hope. Give up in prayer. Just to give up. You know, like, I think the silly things are like when people go to church and they get angry because somebody didn't look at them. You know, come on. You know, we're talking real schemes by the enemy here. That's just you. You're insecure. Get secure. God loves you. I love you. Praise God. Amen. But we're talking schemes that are trying to kill your soul. Break your salvation apart. Break your future apart and the hope that we have to be eternally together in heaven. That's what I think everybody on the earth in church needs to get along because we're all going to be together in heaven up there. So why do we want to not get along down here? We should practice getting along down here. Amen. And secondly, the against the lies of the enemy. God is truth. I'm feeling a, a preaching a little bit now. God is, is truth. The enemy is a liar. He's the father of lies. He'll tell you a lie to try to convince you to do something. And he'll try to persuade you. He'll try to coax you. He'll try to massage your mind and do something because he wants to capture you into his plans and capture you that you would not follow after what the Word of God states to do. He, he, he loves to lie. God is truth. And the Lord living in you is truth. And your mind has been renewed by the washing of the Word. That's truth. And Jesus came to die a death and to raise on the third day alive the bodily resurrection alive forevermore that is truth the enemy tried to contain him in a tomb and Jesus said nah it's not happening you're not going to contain me 
Because I'm the Son of God, I am God, and I'm coming out of that tomb because I came for a reason. And by the way, I'm coming to visit your, your, your hell. I'm walking right through the gates, and when I get there, I want the keys of life and death. Just hand them to me. Don't give me any problem, or I may shut you down forever. I'm going to tell you right now that we have truth in us. And if we would speak the truth, we would find ourselves stronger in our connections with one another, in our connections with the church, and our connections with those that we are trying to bring into the kingdom of God. How many would love to see all their friends in heaven? Amen. Thirdly, against the struggles of the flesh, and every one of us have struggles of the flesh. We have things that kind of eat at us. You know, we may have had addictions in our life, and every once in a while they want to pop up and kind of shake their little head in front of us and say, you know, don't worry about it. Church was good. You're going to church next Sunday. It's Wednesday. Why don't you just kick back? It's the middle of the week and just go do do a little bit. Back in the day, we would call it chipping. Go ahead and chip. Just chip a little bit. You know, it's all right to chip. You're not, you're not going to get addicted if you just chip. Well, let's say you're not chipping in drugs. Let's say you're chipping in alcohol. It's all right. It's all right. The struggles that we have. We have, some of us have real struggles. Somebody say amen, you have real struggles. But the Lord is there to defend us against those struggles. The first voice you hear in your mind is, no, don't do that. And you think, that's the devil. Get away from me, devil. I'm all right. I can handle this. Amen. Sometimes we rebuke God as though he's the devil. He's trying to help us. He's trying to cover us with a defense that will keep the enemy that coming into our life and destroying our testimony. It's a good testimony. Even if you've been saved a week, you've got a great testimony. I've been saved since 1976. I got a great testimony. But I struggle. But I'm not going to give my struggle over to the devil. I'm going to lay my struggle at the feet of Jesus and say, Help! Help me, Lord! Help me, Lord! Especially when I'm in church. Help me! Help me to be able to walk holy and be strong in the might and the power of who you are in my life. Against the attacks of temptation. And we can be anywhere and be tempted. Anywhere. You can be in church and be tempted. Come on, guys. You know, sometimes you're in church. Maybe your pretty woman walks by and you're, well, oh, hello. Yes, sir. You know, but no, that's a temptation. No, you can't do that. You can't do that kind of stuff. You can't fall to temptation. You may walk by a liquor store and there's that whiskey that once was your best friend. And it looks at you and you look at it and you get tempted to be friends again just for a week or so. It doesn't work. Once you walk away from a friend like that, you need to keep walking. Let that friend go south, you head north. Don't look back. In other words, God will help you, he'll defend you against that. And against the weaknesses of the mind. Our minds sometimes just get weak because we get weary. And we really don't want to read the word. We don't want to pray. Matter of fact, we don't even want to be around people. We just want to sit down and just hang out. Sometimes it's important to be around other people.
Especially people of like mind, people that, that love God, that believe what the Word of God says, believe what the Gospels say about salvation, about commitment, about healing, about friendship, about love. You know, our mind gets a little weak sometimes when we see somebody that we don't agree with their lifestyle, so right away we want to tell them, get away from me, I don't agree with your lifestyle. But the Bible says, love them. The Bible says, they will know that you are my disciples on how you love one another. One time, Jesus was there and the disciples said, hey, we rebuked that crowd over there because they're not part of our club. And Jesus says, if they're doing anything in my name, they're part of the club. Are you with me so far? Sometimes we just let our mind get weak in what we really consider what is good. Don't let your mind get weak because your mind controls a lot of stuff. Your heart should control everything. I pray a prayer. Can I tell you a prayer I pray? I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring my heart and mind into one accordance. I don't want my heart warring against my mind or my mind warring against my heart. My heart saying don't do it. My mind saying it's all right. You know, you can be watching TV. In today's TV world, I'm not telling you to throw away your TV. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying in today's TV world, you can be watching TV. Then all of a sudden there is soft porn right on TV. And, And in some shows there is hard porn. I had a friend of mine tell me, you need to watch Game of Thrones. It's the best. I said, okay, they're Christians. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it on TV, on HBO, and I'm going to watch it. Oh, my God. The first show was great. Second show, halfway through, there was porn right in front of my face. I found the clicker like this. (laughs) I started pressing every button. I pressed every button. I finally got the shut off button. Because I wasn't going to let that into my mind. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes old folks sit there and say, My wife's not in the room. My dogs don't tell on me because they can't bark English. I'm going to rewind this and watch it a couple times. And then afterwards you go, oh, Father, forgive me. Now, you know there's no conviction in that. What I'm trying to say to you, we've got to be careful about the weaknesses of your mind that will try to control how you think. And sometimes you think outside the word of God. Are you with me? And then against the life's battles. Sometimes I wake up and there's not a battle anywhere. It feels good. Sometimes I wake up right in the middle of the war zone. And I'm thinking, what's going on? What did I do wrong? Then I realize the enemy is unhappy because we're doing something in San Francisco that's making a difference. He's not happy. This city belongs to the enemy because there's so much degradation and revelry here and anti-God. It's amazing. 
Not only San Francisco, the Bay Area. Wait a minute, can I go a little further? Go down the, to the Monterey Peninsula. Go down to the L.A. Basin. Go down to San Diego. Go to Las Vegas, Nevada. They're not standing in the court. You walk in those uh, uh, casinos over there, they're not, they don't have a game spin Jesus and win, win the Lord. They don't have this kind of stuff. And you see these things everywhere. Across America, our nation is not going to church anymore. People are more excited to be in a baseball game and a basketball game than they are to be in church. Literally. I mean, I get excited. I especially got excited when the Cavs beat the Warriors that one year. Now, don't say anything. Don't say, man, I understand. And, and, you know, it was a one-time shot for Cleveland. That's all I got to say, just one time. <laughs> but I got excited one time when the Giants won the World Series. And my wife was sitting over there when I was here. And I came up, I came up the couch like, yo! You know, I do that in church, though, when I get excited in church. I, I, you know, something to hear me goes, yo! That's Jesus, amen. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, our pastor, I'm not built like that. I understand that. I'm not saying everybody has to go, yeah. But, you know, I think folks in churches, across, and I preach in a lot of churches, sometimes folks just are unhappy. Church is happy. The world is unhappy. Leave your unhappy at the door. Put on your happy when you come in. And hopefully the unhappy will be gone when you leave. It won't be there anymore. And then sometimes, can I say this? Is, this is going to be a little, I'm going to say it. Can I say it? Amen. Thank you for saying yes. Sometimes you get to church happy and someone sits next to you who is unhappy. And by the time the service starts, you're unhappy too. Because they unload their unhappy on you. What you need to do is say, keep your unhappy. Keep your, you need to get to the altar and pray. Can I pray for you on your unhappy? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We have joy unspeakable. Think about what he's done for you already in your life. You know, I wasn't always a Christian. You know, I thought I was a Christian, but I wasn't a Christian. You know, there's a lot of people that think they're a Christian, but they're not. I thought I was a Christian. You know, and, and, and you know, when I got saved, I thought, this is really cool. I don't have to do anything crazy anymore. I don't have to go down the road of sin like that anymore. I think I feel a little happy. Amen. I'm saved. Somebody called me last night on the phone. He said, how you doing, Pastor? I said, I'm saved. Always throws them off guard when I say that. Because I like to share that I'm saved. Because it means so much to be saved. It'd be horrible if you called me and I said, well, I backslid yesterday and I ain't coming back. I'm sliding so backwards that I can't get up that slide anymore. You'd be going, oh, Pastor, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? And I'd say, no, I've got this. I'm still sliding. Don't take my hand. I'll slide you down with me. I'm saved. I've been in church. I've been with Jesus. I've been with God's people. I'm saved. I'm in the word of God. I've been in prayer. I'm saved. 
I feel God because I'm saved. Amen. Amen. I spent 12 hours on Saturday with a family. 12 hours ministering to them. And, and things began to turn and churn and things were beautiful. And before you know it, everybody was praying and everybody was sensing the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the joy came into the house. That's what God wants us to be like. Amen. To be there and to feel that. And then he protects us against negative words. Sometimes people can be so negative it hurts you. I'm telling you, I'm going to say it out loud. When somebody comes towards you that's negative, turn away. Because they're going to dump their negativity on you. And you're going to walk away feeling dirty, feeling no good. You know, don't, don't allow that because the enemy is going to protect you against the negative words, but you've got to take a step to move in that way. Now listen to this. When Israel was going through some struggles, in Isaiah 41 and 10, listen to what he said to them. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What's he saying is, I've got you. You're going through it, but I've got you. We've been grafted into the Israel by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're grafted in. Whatever promises are theirs belongs to us also. We've been grafted in, so God has got us. Don't let the devil come in and say he's got you. He doesn't have you. Don't change teams. Because he's not going to make you the quarterback over there. I'm trying to tell you right now that he wants to protect us and he wants to help us. And listen to what he says in Isaiah 42, 2 through 3. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Fear not, I am with you. That's a promise from God. So when it gets tough, don't worry about it. If the flames are coming around you, don't worry about it. You're not going to be burned. You're not going to be smell like the smoke. When you come out of this, I want you to know the reason you got out of this is because I am with you. I'm not saying this to say to you that, hey, this is just words on paper. These are just words that are there that are found in a Bible somewhere. These are promises to you and I. When you go through it, remember God is there with you. God is there with you. Let me me share this. I think this is great. Three Israelites are told to go in to a furnace. to go into a furnace because they are not doing what the king of the world said to do. So the king says 
to his people, turn up the furnace seven times hotter. So the three Israelites say this. We're going to go in and if we burn up, it's all right. But if not, it's going to be okay. But we believe that we're going to be saved. (laughs) So they walk into the furnace. Praise God. They walk into the furnace. Bound up. It's seven times hotter than normal. The king's men burn up by putting him in. They they catch on fire all of a sudden because the heat was so strong. They're in there. Then all of a sudden, one of them says to another one, Wow, somebody else is in here with us. And Nebuchadnezzar looks in there and he said, Wow, there's a fourth one. Did not we put three? There is one who looks like the Son of Man. Let me tell you, the Holy Ghost fire is hotter than any worldly fire that you can get put through. The Holy Ghost will protect you. He will be with you. He will strengthen you. He will undergird you. And when they opened it up, they walked right out of that fire and they were not burned. They didn't smell like the smoke. They were set free. Praise God. Free. And the king said, I think I'm going to join your team. (laughs) You see, by your faith, my faith, our faith, I believe we can get this neighborhood to join our team. I believe that when somebody walks by, they may say he's preaching really loud, but I'm not preaching loud. I'm sowing seed. And plus, I have a hard time whispering a message. (laughs) Shadrach walked in there. Abednego walked in there. They did it. Meshach walked in there. They were free. They had faith to say no matter what, he's my defender. He's my defender. They turned a nation around. By their faith. They turned a nation around. We can just turn a neighborhood around. We'll be doing a great thing. Because you know outside the streets out here. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Outside there smells like urine. I'm sorry but it smells like urine. Outside there you may be walking down the street. And step in someone's poop. That's fresh. I've had to clean it when I go outside the back gate. I've had to get down there and clean it. In my last church in San Pablo, there would be poop. Is poop all right to say? There would be poop on the lawn. Dog poop. But then over over in the side section over here, there would be human poop. You can tell the difference, by the way. Anyhow, and, and, and it's there. But I would go and clean up the human poop. Everybody else said the dog poop. There, I ain't touching the dog, uh, the human poop. I said, give me, give me, I'll do it. Because I don't want to sit in there. Because someone come by late at night and had to take a poop. 
I've said poop too many times, haven't I? They had to do it. So what we have to do is we have to move forward from the poop story now. We have to understand that there is, it is out here. It's there. And yet we have to overcome that. And we have to win the lost at any cost. We have to walk into the fire and not get caught up in that fire. We need to walk into it and not get caught up. And if we get addressed and cussed at and told to get out of here, we can stand there because we have the defender that's with us. I love what it says in Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgments you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. I think that's wonderful. You see, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. So the enemy throwing things at you, throwing stuff at you, there's no prosperity for that. You are not than ever be broken because of it. And words that are spoken against us, they're going to go back to the person that spoke them or the group that spoke them and they're going to live out what they spoke. We are not. Because he's our defender. It's not a sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me situation. It is a situation that when we go into battle, we fight against things that are terribly rough and terribly ugly, but we will always come out victorious. Amen. Always be on top of what God says for us. Psalm 3 and 3 says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. There's a shield about us. Wow. It's a shield. And he lifts us up. You know, we'll be, we'll be down in prayer. We may be sad. We may be kneeling. We may be there. We may be just so sad. We may get prostrate on the floor. We may just be so sad that the Lord is a shield about us. And in our spirit, he's going to lift up our head. He's going to bring us to a place of joy and confidence and courage that no matter what anybody has said, no matter what an attack has been upon you, the Lord is going to keep you safe because he is our defender. You said it in the beginning of this message, and I'm closing in a minute. You you said this. You said that he is my defender, and he is. Well, preacher, you just don't know how bad it is out there. Yeah, I do. That's why I'm preaching this for you. I'm giving you something to work with. I'm giving you some truth from the Bible. I'm not preaching, you know, some television program. I'm not Dr. Phil. I'm not Oprah. I'm not somebody or anything like that. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is miracle stuff for your life. And he will bring you to a place of victory. He'll take you through it. You'll get across the river. You'll get across the mountain. You'll get across the ocean. There's no river strong enough. There's no ocean deep enough that'll keep us from serving and getting across to what God has for us to do. Amen. Be encouraged. And lastly, here's something really good for us. 
the whole armor of God. Put it on. Before I preach every message, every message that I preach, before I preach it, not just here, where I've been, where I've been, in revivals, visiting churches, I, I pray a prayer. I put on the whole armor of God. Because I'm going in the battle. Preaching is battle. It's a warfare. Not fighting the congregation, it's fighting the enemy that will try to cause disruption. I put on the whole armor of God. I put around my waist truth. The truth is the word. What it says is all true for us. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Not men's righteousness, but God's righteousness. I put that on. Placing peace upon your feet. In other words, I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to walk in confusion. I'm not going to walk in unrest. I'm going to walk in the peace of the word. I'm going to pick up the shield of faith. And if you study that, you'll understand that their shields were made of leather. And what they would do, they would soak the leather in water before they went into battle. Let me say this. Let me spiritualize it just for a moment. I feel like preaching, but I'm going to cut it off because I know I'm a, I don't want to keep you here four hours. But let me tell you something. And I could. What I'm saying to you is this. Is they would go ahead and they would soak those shields for seven to eight hours in water before they went to battle. They would be saturated with water. That's why it said it'll quench every fiery dart of the enemy. Because when the, when the dart of the enemy or the sword or the arrow of the enemy came with fire, they'd have that up there and it would douse the flame because it was soaking wet. And you know what else? In the back of the shield, they had hooks like this on either side, like that. And what would happen is, come here, Tony. He would have a shield. I would have a shield, and it would be all down the road. You turn, and you have your shield. We would hook our shield so there would be a larger shield. And so we would have this shield, and he could not get through. The more people that take their shield of faith up in the church, the less the enemy can get through. Let me say this to you. The importance of knowing God and the presence of God is knowing how to wear this armor so we win the battle and no one gets hurt. Amen. The shield of faith. Then put on the helmet of salvation. Yes, you can, sir. Put on the helmet of salvation. Thank you for asking. Put on the helmet of salvation. In other words, know who your Savior is. Know about Him. You know, just knowing about Jesus is one thing, but knowing Jesus is another. How He may be designed to you from another person is one thing, but finding Jesus and how he is for you, the Savior of the world, your protector, your God, your, your, your friend, he's there for you. He doesn't leave you nor forsake you. He doesn't they say, I'll be back later, don't worry. I've got you covered, but I'm, I'm going to be about 40 miles away. Call me if anything happens. How many know sometimes when you call people, you always get this, I'm sorry, they don't have a voicemail that's set up yet. 
I mean, I'm sitting there saying, why did I call you then? Why don't you answer? I'm sorry, I don't have a voicemail that's set up yet. But when I call on the Lord Jesus Christ, he always is there. We used to sing songs about, call about Jesus. Call him on the phone. Call him. Call up Jesus. Amen. He's there. One, I'll give you his number. 1-800-JESUS. Amen. Get on your knees and just go ahead and begin to pray and be able to believe what Jesus can do. There's no one in this room that Jesus can't help. There is no difficulty that's so much that Jesus can't change it. If he changed my life, he can change your life. He is the God of our salvation. Know that. And then pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pick up the Bible. Know the Word. And know what it says. If you're a child of God, you're part of His family. And if you're part of His family, He's going to protect you. He's going to keep you. He's going to save you. He's going to fill you with His Spirit. He's going to bless the steps that you walk. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Let me get politically sound here. The steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. Amen. They are. Jesus doesn't care whatever social status you are. Thank God for that. He doesn't care about what nationality you may be. Thank God. For, he don't care what color you are. What he cares about is what the heart's doing. Is the heart dark? He wants to brighten it up with the brightest light there is. He wants to cleanse you by this precious blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, the redeeming blood. And then the last part of this message is in the whole armor of God is people forget that eight is part of the armor. Praying. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit for the saints. In other words, we need to pray for one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to care for one another. We, you know, we need to not just say, you know, you know, I've had this too many times. I'll pray for you. No, you're not. You just you slap me on the shoulder. I'll pray for you. No, when if someone needs prayer. Pray for them right there. Right there. It's, just, it's, not, it's not something they're giving you. Here, I'm going to give you a couple dollars. Go invest it one day when you get it. No, it's an idea. Oh, let me tell you how important is it? I've seen people do that. How important is it? Well, it's more important than your attitude. Oops, I said something, didn't I? It's more important you need to stop and you need to pray for them in the name of Jesus. Pray for them and let God know that you're together and you're drawing together and where two agree is touching the same thing upon this earth. It shall be done for them by the Father which is in heaven. That's what we have today. We have a defender. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew when Nebuchadnezzar said to them, you're going to be put in a fire. They knew our God is going to protect us. They knew it. They had so much faith, they said, if he doesn't, we'll just be with him. And the miracle was that they saw Jesus inside that fire. Nebuchadnezzar said, there's one like the Son of Man. He's there. 
Listen to this last scripture. I'm just, I just want to say it to you. And then I'm going to pray. When the enemy, Isaiah 59, 19. I don't have it up on the board. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard. When the enemy's coming at you, and you don't know what to do, I'm going to tell you, God knows what to do. Amen. He raises up a standard. And you study this out. It's one of the most incredible Hebrew textual words that if you read it in different uh, renditions of the Word of God, you'll see it spoken differently. And what it comes down to this is when the enemy comes in like a flood, God's breath comes in and blows that flood away from you and you're protected by the breath of God. Wow. We got a lot in the Bible that says that we're safe, don't we? Amen. A lot. So when you walk out today, you're walk, even though we walk out in darkness, I'll drive out in darkness. Even though it's light, you know what I'm talking about. We're safe. God cares about us. He cares about us. I want to ask you today.